I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is president and founder of National Gun Victims Action Council, Elliot Feynman. Uh, We're going to be talking about gun violence today. Universal background checks yet to be enacted by Congress are inherently flawed says Elliot Feynman. According to Quinnipiac University, this popular measure is supported by 94% of Americans, including 74% of NRA members. According to Feynman, it is simply insufficient to end the bloodshed. His bold plan, we're done asking, will harness the economic power of 170 million Americans to force systemic change. Guns are big business in America, and the fight for gun safety comes down to money. Uh, Feynman, a civil engineer, was a strategic marketing advisor to major consulting firms who advised the Fortune 500 companies. He's been the host of It's the Guns Stupid on WPWC Radio in Washington, D.C. He's appeared on CNBC, CNN, Fox Today, NPR, and many more. In 2006, his son Michael Feynman was murdered in a restaurant in San Diego as he dined with his wife and friends. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you here, Elliot. Nice to be here, Catherine. Nice to be here. Well, this is the anniversary of 9-11, and I guess on this anniversary, because we're talking about guns, uh, how far have we come since 2006 in terms of of gun regulation uh, since the day your son was murdered by a a person who was mentally ill? I guess he was paranoid, schizophrenic. Um, It's been... It's been... What two thousand and six? To it's it's been a long time. A long time indeed, thirteen years. Well, we've not come very far, uh, and at the federal level, we've come we've come no place. And I'll get into the reasons why, because uh, mathematically, we can't get anything done at the federal level. But I'll I'll get into that uh, in a moment. It's 9-11, you know, and it's, it's a day that all of us have seared in our memories. And the horror of 9-11 killed 2,977 people, say some 3,000 people, and 6,000 were injured. And to put that in perspective with gun violence, every month, we lose 3,100 people to gun violence, to, to guns in, in general, to guns in suicides, in homicides, in accidents, etc. So we have, we have a, uh, in terms of fatalities, we have a, a 9-11 every month. In terms of injuries every month, there's some 7,000 injuries uh, caused by guns, and injuries by guns are not harmless things. They typically lead to lifelong dis- disabilities that have enormous impact on a family and on on the person who's been injured. So we have a 9-11 every month. And for the 18 years since 9-11, in the, we have lost 690,000 people to guns. 690,000 and one and a half million people have been injured. Uh, so when you say or ask how far have we come, the answer is we've, we've gone nowhere at the federal level. And my belief is that we have to get this done at the federal level. Uh, no more than, say, 
if you had DUI laws in a couple of states, that wouldn't do the job. You need to have it at the federal level. Okay. So, so I'm going to stop you there. Like we haven't come very far. We haven't come far at all. Or we ha- and you're talking about three thousand deaths a month. Um, so why haven't we done anything at the federal level? I mean, I guess in the beginning, I read the statistic that they say that 94% of Americans, including 74% of NRA members, want universal background checks. Okay, I, I understand that you th- that's not enough. Well, it's not only not enough, it's something that won't be effective at all. And let me, let me explain why. Um, you know, and everybody, everybody wants universal background checks, and as you say, the they're appealing. The idea of them is appealing. But let me let me get into it for a second, because I travel around the country, and the people often aren't quite familiar with how the background check works. But the purpose of the background check is to keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them, dangerous people. So. How do you identify who's a dangerous person? Well, there are 10 categories of prohibited purchasers, ranging from felons to uh, uh, domestic abusers to, you know, uh, uh, people who have have mental disabilities. Uh, One group that's not on the prohibited purchases list, by the way, are suspected terrorists who are on the no-fly list. Imagine they are considered too dangerous to buy a plane ticket. They can't buy one, but they can buy any gun they want legally. So they're not prohibited purchases. And the way the names get into the database, the states submit them, uh, but the states are not forced to. They don't have to. It's a, a matter of choice. And the federal government can't make them do it. And some states submit a lot of names and some submit very few. But what happens at the background check is that the person goes to a licensed gun dealer. Uh, The licensed gun dealer then runs their name through the database. If their name is not in the database, they get the gun. So the bottom line is that the background check is as good as the data in the database. There's a second class of buyers that don't have background checks these days. They can go to a gun show, they can go on the internet, they can go to a private seller, and roughly 30 to 40% of all gun sales are go, go without a background check. So universal background checks would require that these people, too, would get a background check. Sounds pretty good, and it's very appealing. That's why 94% of the people want it. But since 1998, since the database was started, it's the FBI NICS database, um, 85% of the mass killers a mass killer being defined as someone who's killed three persons and themselves, typically a family of violence, but also, of course, what we read about at the at the high level with the schools and the mass murders, you know, that take place, uh, that become front page stories for a while. So since 1998, 85% of the mass killers have passed a background check. 
Let me say that again. 85% of the mass killers since 1998 till today have passed a background check. So what does it tell you? It tells you that there's something very wrong with the background check system. And the idea of having universal, and I'll say what's wrong with it in a moment, but the idea of having universal background checks of pushing people into a system that doesn't work uh, is not going to do a hell of a lot to contain the gun violence epidemic or to stop the mass shooting. The reason the database is that 85% of the people pass is that the database is missing millions of people who should be in the database but are not. Uh, they're missing, in terms of mental disability, the only person, people that get into the database for being mentally disabled are those that are adjudicated by a, a judge uh, or in a court for being uh, a danger to themselves or others. But it turns out, horribly enough, that there are 76 million people in the United States that uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, uh, say has, has serious mental illness. These are things that range from bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, severe depression and anxiety, etc., and these names don't have to go into the database. They're not. They 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 don't. They they are not. They don't. They're not required to go in, and they're not in. So, the point. Well, is let me start. Is this related to? I want to. Is this related to? Because you talk about the Tenth Amendment makes it impossible to have a relevant record of mentally ill individuals who could be a danger to themselves and to others. Um, perhaps like in the case of your son. I had to look up what the 10th Amendment is. Uh, well, it's not should, necessarily should yeah. an amendment. There, there are, you know, privacy laws that, uh, you know, that are uh, in effect and everybody's always very nervous about violating them. But one of the requirements for a doctor is to report somebody who's a danger to themselves or others uh, so that, you know, there, there's not a, a, a Tenth Amendment protection of that. The bottom line of it uh, all, uh, Catherine, is that most of the mentally uh, disabled people are not violent. They're not. And the people who study this uh, phenomena uh clocked at about 4%, only 4% of the people with those serious mental disabilities are violent. But 4% of 76 million is over 3 million people. So there's over 3 million people that are mentally disabled and are violent, and they can go into any gun store and buy guns. And it's not surprising whenever there's a high-profile massacre that when the police go in and they do the investigation and into the background, it turns out that just about everybody in the community where the person lived knew that person was not in, in good shape mentally. And uh, therein, therein lies the answer to, you know, what we can do 
to to do something meaningful about the uh, gun violence epidemic. So, okay, so if we're going to do something meaningful, you're saying it has to do, it's all about the money, uh, that we can do something. We have to put pressure on people, on their pocket, on their pocketbooks, and the, uh, the, that's how we're going to end this gun violence. Well, everybody thinks that it's the NRA that drives the gun violence. You know, that's, that's the perception and the opinion. But that, in fact, is not the fact. The reality is that there are 23 states, that's 23 states means 46 senators, that oppose every gun safety law, always. There are states like uh, Iowa and Kansas and North Dakota and South Dakota and Alabama, but there's 23 of them that never, you know, will pass any, any gun safety law. So that means you've lost 46 senators that are you're not going to get. And we know that you need 60 senators to pass something. So if you don't have 46, <laughs> you only have 54 left. You can't mathematically get 60. In other words, the math doesn't work. You can't possibly pass anything at the federal level because of the of these 23 states. So that's in the title of my book, which is says we're done asking 23, 46, 40, the numbers for ending the gun violence epidemic within 12 months. The 23 represents the 23 states and the 46 represents their senators. So there's no moving these senators. Uh, conscience doesn't move them. Any horror doesn't move them. There's just no moving them. So the bottom line is that we have to force them to do it. And uh, forcing them to do it depends on economic power. Well, here's the interesting thing. There's 170 million people that want to do something about the gun violence epidemic. And uh, they spend money. <laughs> they do. We all, we all spend money. And it turns out that the states, every single state, for every single state, tourism is a critical part of the state's financial health. Uh, For example, in Texas, tourism contributes 19% of the state's revenue, 19%, and employs over 600,000 people. So we have the ability, uh, in, in Kentucky, for example, another uh, state, you know, that's part of the 23, as is Texas, uh, it's 13% of the budget, and it supports 186,000 jobs. So we have the power to cripple these states by just pretending they don't exist. In other words, we, we're not going to go to these states. We're not going to spend money there. We're not going to do anything with the corporations that are hosted there. We're going to make sure that uh, entertainers don't have concerts there, that corporations don't hold uh, conventions there. In other words, we have the economic power to force them to act. And what is needed and, you know, what what we're all about and we're done asking uh, is to amass this power and get everybody to understand that, you know, if you want to stop the gun violence epidemic, these states don't exist. 
until until this comes comes to the 40 in my title. It's what about, until, I have to ask you, Elliot, what about those people, obviously these senators do represent people in their states who want them to vote the way they do, who aren't doing yes, anything. they do. It's just up. Yeah, so that's a whole they group do. of people. Yeah. And, and this rep- they represent, these 23 states represent one-third of the population. So in a democracy, you know, the majority rules. The one-third of the population is controlling our gun laws and has caused the gun violence epidemic and perpetuated it and does nothing to stop it. Two-thirds of the country want to do something, so we've got to get back to where the majority rules here. We can't have the minority, you know, running things. So... The, the, you know, the, the, the fact is that unless we get these senators, these 23 states, uh, to vote for, to pass what I call in my book the Gun Violence Reduction Act, because, Catherine, things are so messed up that it would take 40 laws, it will take 40 laws, which I identify in the book, uh, to end the gun violence epidemic, 40 laws, not one, not two, not background checks, not any any of the things that are talked about. So you can't pass 40 laws. You know, you'd be you'd be doing it forever and losing four, three thousand people a month. Uh, we can't afford the, the, the time delay. But what we can do, and what I have done, is bundle them under the Gun Violence Reduction Act. And when that act is passed, then those states will exist again. So that's basically the using the economic power of 170 million people who can stop saying, you know, enough is enough. These people have to do something. These people are never going to do anything. Not going to happen. It's a fantasy. We have to force them to do it, and guess what? We can. So uh, that's in a, in a, in a nutshell the uh, strategy, uh, the only viable strategy for ending the gun violence epidemic. And uh, uh, what kind you, of a reaction have you gotten from your book, and the, uh, the book and the proposals that you're making? I mean. Well, the book is not out yet, but, and we accelerated all of this, you know, doing interviews and so on and so forth because of the uh, recent spike in in the mass shootings, you know, the one at the uh, Garlic Festival in California and the one in El Paso and then the one in Dayton and then the one uh, in Odessa. So, you know, we can't be quiet about this anymore. The reaction we've had is overwhelmingly like, wow, I never thought we could do anything. I, you know, people who just are, they, they feel like they've been freed. They, they've understood all along that something has to be done, but they've also understood that nothing can be done and nothing will be done. And suddenly, we're showing them that, yes, we can do it. We can do it. We have the power to do it. 
and we're going to do it, and we're going to end the gun violence epidemic within 12 months, and we're going to make that happen. Um, we need to get the support of the people. Uh, we, you know, would want people to come to uh, our website, which is gunvictimsaction.org, gunvictimsaction.org. Uh, go to the 23 States page, and you'll see the 23 states that uh, are, are, are the reason we have the gun violence epidemic. And let us know that you're in, that you're, you're going to be part of the, we're done asking. Uh, we, need, we need to ask everyone to c c contribute three, no less than three bucks and no more than ten bucks once. That's all we need. And with that money, we'll be able to mobilize the 170 million, uh, put pressure on the tourist boards, put pressure on the chambers of commerce, run the PSAs, the public service announcements, and media stuff we have to do because uh, we just can't announce it in a book. We have to make sure that everybody is, is, is wired into, into doing it. So, I have to ask you what it, let's because the presidential debates are the Democratic presidential debates are to, on uh, Thursday. What, are there any candidates that you see uh, coming on board with with your proposal? Any of well, these candidates? The problem with the senators, you know, first of all, it's wonderful that they're talking about it, but there are a couple of problems with them. First of all, they have to win the election. So the soonest, the, the soonest, the earliest they could do anything is about 18 or 19 months from now, because to win the election and get installed and, you know, start, start uh, being the president, uh, that's, so the cost of delay at 3,000 lives a month, waiting 18 months, we don't want to do that. Secondly, they're all focused on two or three of the things that need to be done of the 40. So it's kind of like if you had a house full of ants, you know, and you said, gee, we've got to get rid of these ants. Well, we'll start in one of the bedrooms and get rid of them in the bedroom, in one bedroom. But, of course, that would be pointless because uh, when you came back to do the next bedroom, the ants would have returned to, to the original place. You've we got, got two to minutes do, left, so we got a, two minutes okay. left. What do you want to leave us with so that we can Just, do something? I want to leave you with that the, the candidates, uh, I think, will, first of all, that we have to end the gun violence epidemic, not depending on the candidates because they may not get elected, one. And two, uh, they're not going to do the right thing. When they understand what we're doing, I guess some of them will, but we want to have the gun violence epidemic finished before the election, and we can do it. So in the moment I have left, just please come to, w, please come to org. Go to the 23 states page. You'll see the states. Uh, give us three bucks or ten bucks once. That's all we want, just a one-time contribution. And also, if you go to the laws page, you'll see the summary of the 40 laws that need to be uh, passed. So what I'd like to leave everyone with is we can get this done. We can end the gun violence epidemic. We can make it happen. 
and by God, I'm going to make sure we do. So uh, come join us to We're Done Asking. Right. Thank Elliot, thanks so much for being on the show today, and I think it's a lot of information that people really had no idea, you know, the statistics, everything you've presented. I mean, we need to have more information. We need to connect with you if people are interested. But thank you, President and Founder of National Gun Victims Action Council, Elliot Feynman. And thank uh, you for great having talking me, to you. Yeah. Take Bye. care. Bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 